we but mirror the world. All the tendencies present in the outer world are to be found within us. If we change ourselves, the tendencies in the world will also change. This paraphrased quote from Mahatma Gandhi is the basis of the program you are about to hear. I'm Dedelian, and this is Shining Stars, a program dedicated to searching out and bringing attention to individuals and organizations that are fostering positive change within our community and within our world. Thank you, as always, for joining me here on Shining Stars. Over the past year, the city of Lansing has implemented a system to help residents quickly and efficiently find answers when needed. From reporting those pesky potholes to locating residential resources, the new call center, now known as Lansing 311, aims to be your, quote, one call to City Hall, unquote. And although the pandemic kind of delayed the official start of the uh, call center, in May of 2022, the city officially announced its availability to residents uh, to talk about 311 in more detail. Joining me in the studio today is the call center manager, Augustine, or Augie, as most of us know him, Martinez. Welcome to the show, Augie. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, so was I, uh, kind of, did I kind of illustrate what the call center kind of does at the moment or? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, definitely. What we do is we're available for really any services that are um, in the scope of what like a resident would need with with the exception of something like 911, like an emergency or um, something that like a police or fire would need to get you. 911 still exists. People would still use that for any of the uh, emergency services. But if somebody needed something from the city, like you mentioned, potholes, um, an issue with sewer. And I believe you've actually got another. Uh, there's something else that's utilized. And I'm trying to remember the name of it that the city utilizes where you can just report a pothole. Right. There is. Yeah. yeah. So we call we have what's called Lansing Connect. Um, um, that's on our website. And what that is, is um, it's a spot where uh, citizens or residents can go online and they can submit a like a picture, a video mm -hmm. of something that they might need to have some uh, some help with or request services that covers anything as well from like, you know, potholes or damage sidewalk or uh tree down or anything like that. And residents can actually take like a picture or video of it, upload all of that, can remain anonymous or can leave their own information on there. Um, and uh, and that gets reported as well. Um, so we would be the equivalent to that, except you're going to be getting somebody on the phone. And um, instead of kind of waiting in a bit of a queue, we actually work directly with departments. So um, when you call 311 and, and you report a pothole, we're getting that information directly into that department system. So mm -hmm. it's a, a faster, more expedited way for um, citizens to get access to some any kind of services or resources that the city might be offering, potentially get their questions answered. Our goal really at 311 is that when someone calls, we would either be the last call that they make for whatever issue they're reporting, mm -hmm. or we would be able to get them to that next place and, uh, and not have them try to play the guessing game of figuring out who do I talk to about this or who do I talk to about that? It's one call. It's one spot. And to be clear, you kind of grazed over it a little bit there, but this is not the same as 911 or 211, right? That's correct. 911 is still in existence. It's still doing everything that it does. And 211 as well. We actually do uh, refer people to 211 if mm -hmm. needed, like if somebody calls. And, you know, a lot of times when people call, they, they don't know what they are looking for or what might be the best avenue. Um, and 311 actually, uh, we, we've realized that there is really a need out there, not just for what services people are looking for, but just to get 
an ability to disseminate what is available to people and who they might be you know, looking for that mm-hmm. they maybe don't know. They don't know who to call or, mm-hmm. you know, what department handles certain things. And so just figuring that out um, really tends to be a, a good part of the initial conversations. And then um, connecting people with those services uh, and sometimes with multiple services, you know, somebody calls and maybe they have an issue of a sewer backup in their house. And at the same time, there's a tree down uh, right down the road or, you know, there's a big pothole somewhere. Uh, 311 now can handle that stuff in the same phone call. Okay. Where previous, you'd have to kind of call multiple places right, to get right, that right. stuff set up. So um, it works out as, as a really good benefit for uh, for residents calling in. That is awesome. You know, you and I have actually known each other for quite a while. We've known each other mostly outside of uh, this type of atmosphere generally yeah uh, we're at live concerts and one of the things that i have always loved about you is and even today you come in here and you just automatically have this <laughs> smile on your face and it's <laughs> awesome uh do, you always seem like a very positive person and so i've got to ask you one of my one of my favorite questions is positivity for me i have to work at it do you believe it's like a natural trait for people or do you feel like it's like more learned um you know i i guess i i kind of feel like it's it's a bit of a natural trait, uh, at least for me, you know, it's, it's something that I just, I kind of, I don't, I don't feel like I intentionally like say I'm going to be positive today. Mm-hmm. I will say there are days where, you know, I do have to regroup and, and get myself back together. And that's the thing. I've seen you in a bad mood, but you still managed <laughs> to pull it off looking like you were just okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're definitely, I mean, levity helps quite a bit in, 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 you know, getting through situations and stuff. Um, so I mean, I think that that really does does help me. But but also, I think at the end of the day, you know, if if I feel like much like, you know, when we talked about this show is just like trying to affect, you know, positive change and trying to affect positivity right. and, and not just for myself, but in other people's lives, I think is really something that I, you know, get a lot of like, you know, pleasure from from being a part of. And and I think that the more that I feel like I'm. Up, you know, doing that or, or, or affecting that, I think that it really does help. And, you know, the bad stuff is going to be there. We might as well not help it, is what I say. <laughs> and always know that it's going to move on. I am disappear at some right. point. It exactly. will at some point. Now, your role as the uh, call center manager, you've been doing this actually since before uh, the official open in May. And I think there was a soft open in December. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Late December, we did, we, we quietly turned the phones on uh-huh. and we, um, we mostly what we did is we adopted just the main line for the city. So the okay. main line that um, existed in the city, when you called it, um, you, you got like nine prompts of who you might want to talk to or, or what department you might want to talk to. Um, but most people don't know which department they want to talk to. They just know mm-hmm. they have a problem. So we quietly adopted that line and um, started to field questions. So the thing about 311, it is a, it is a really intentional partnership with departments. Okay. Um, and what I mean by that is it is not just like, oh, we're going to take our, your calls for you and, and take messages for you. Mm-hmm. We are, in fact, a part of each department. Okay. We are integrated in their department. We're trained in many of the things that those departments do. We kind of pick a line when we start a partnership with the department, and then we work to make sure that we can address as many questions as we can on one side of that line. Mm-hmm. And then if if a need or a request moves past that line, let's say it, an, an exception to something or someone that's looking for maybe special permission or something that goes beyond what we've identified, then we can escalate that situation to someone in the department who then can um, take it maybe to a manager or to someone in their respective area, make a determination on something, get back with a, uh, mm-hmm. 
mm. um, a resident. And so that way they're getting their questions answered. The department is still getting what they need. And they're getting a little bit of breathing room, too. Um, we got agents who are taking a lot of their initial phone calls. We hand off the things that we need to and the stuff that we can handle. Um, we, we handle that stuff for them. So I like to really use the term intentional partnership because it puts us in a position where we are, in fact, working in each specific department, right, and um, and and uh, offering that level of service to residents who call in. So when they call in, it's like you're calling seven different departments, and you you don't know that, and that's okay. We we just want to figure out what it is that you're looking for, get you to the correct place, or get you the correct information that you need. Gotcha, gotcha. It, it was actually kind of a surprise when you and I were talking at one point, it was one of those things where I knew you worked for the city. And then all of a sudden you told me, yeah, I'm working for uh, 311, which I didn't even know what it was at that time. And I was like, well, how did you end up getting into that role? Uh, is there a story beyond just I applied for the job that, uh, you know, how you became the call manager there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, so actually um, I started working for the city a couple, just a couple of years ago in the Department of Neighborhoods. Um, and in that department, I really found a good connection with sort of what I like to do, which is like connecting with people and like helping out, helping out in whatever way we can. Um, department of Neighborhoods is really uh, uniquely positioned in the city, I feel like, because they are they're they're at a place where it's like if it's doing something good, then let's do that. Mm. Like it, it, that's really a um, it's not an official motto, but it's what I felt when mm -hmm. I started working there. In mm -hmm. uh, being able to like see the programs that they offer and the things that they do, and the idea that like. Yeah, yeah. Like we're not doing, you know, X, Y, Z thing because it's glamorous or we're not doing X, Y, Z thing because there's a good photo op in it. But we're doing this thing because it's needed. Um, when we do like, you know, uh, arrange trash cleanups in different locations and things like that, um, it's not like we're, we're making money off of that or right. any of that stuff. But it's but it's it's affecting that change that really is something that's needed. It's something to, you know, and, and, and not just like us, but like seeing civic organizations sort of like work together for a community and work together for an area in the city was really inspiring to me. And so seeing the need that was out there. And then also when, when you work with people sort of on that level of like, you know, we're all out there on a Saturday morning cleaning up, you know, mm -hmm. a certain park or a certain place or whatever. And then you start to hear, some of the other things that people are, you know, have concerns about or they're they're trying to figure out what to do. Um, I noticed pretty quickly that that there there is a bit of a disconnect between like what residents know or or are facing and then kind of like what the city is offering. Um, so when the position of 311 came available, I really looked at it as a as a really cool opportunity for a bridge to help um and to try to make it a little bit easier on both sides, really like for residents to be able to get their questions answered or to get the things that they need done. And as well on the uh, department side to be able to help take some of those things off of their plate, you know, like there's a myriad of things that, that, that they're just like, you know, if somebody could just take these questions, it would free mm -hmm. me up a little bit. One great example is like, a. They say in, in our operations and maintenance department, it's like, well, when leaf season gets here, you know, we get behind and we'll get upwards of like 600 calls a day. And all we have to do is tell those folks, yep, we're, we're going to pick your trash or we're going to pick your leaf bags we'll up. It. Just leave them out there. But they get inundated with these types of calls. Okay. And I'm like, wow, like, you know, we could really 
affect that very quickly, you know, and, and offer an ability to say like, we'll take that off your plate. Like you don't have to worry about that anymore. Now you can work on the actual things that require your expertise. Right. Um, and so for me, I'm kind of getting back to the, to the question. Like I'm, I feel like it's a really good opportunity to start on the ground level of something and also to develop it in a way that I saw where there was something missing um, in the city already where like, you know, pe- people, I could see where frustration would come from on, on, on both sides. And I could see where people had a need or were, were, were dealing with something because just because they didn't know who to call. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that's really the, the approach that I have taken to the position is like, we are here. Like, like I, I continue to, to stress my own personal motto of like, you know, we're changing lives here. Like we're, we're, we're doing something that's going to affect some change in somebody's life. And however, you know, my new, it might seem to us like it, it can be a big deal for other folks. And, and, and really a lot of the, even just, you know, since, since the launch, a lot of the stories that we've gotten from folks have been awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, things that, that they didn't know that they, you know, could call somebody and it could be taken care of. And it was just a matter of connecting, you know, the right pieces. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head when you, when you said it was a, like a bridge. I mean, it, it was one of those things where when you were describing it, I was thinking funnel and then you said bridge. And I was like, oh, that's a much better analogy. <laughs> so so it's, kudos to you on that. Uh, do you feel like this is something like when you were younger that you said, yeah, that's what I want to be when I grow up? Or is this kind of different than what you anticipated when you were a kid? You know, ever since and, and you mentioned in the introduction, like, you know, we, we see each other at concerts all the time. So for me, ever since I was younger, I just wanted to be a part of doing music. Mm-hmm. And and I, I you know, I'm, I'm involved in uh, pretty, pretty heavily in the music scene around the area. But I really enjoy just kind of helping people be happy, you know, helping people like where I can. And mm-hmm. I think that that kind of does transcend a bit, you know, it's like you see some folks out at the concerts or you see some folks, you know, somewhere. And I I, I feel like it's, it's a bit, you know, it's in a different arena, but it's still the same feeling mm-hmm. of like, wow, like that person before we interacted with them was living in a really rough situation. And, and because of a couple of things that we could do, I have that same feeling of right. like, I help them, you know, have a better day mm-hmm. or have a better time or, you know, or at least, I mean, even, you know, not to say that 311 is the end all be all and answer to everybody's concern, but I could at least offer a bit of empathy, a bit of time to maybe listen to someone's story. And also like sometimes people just need to be heard, you know, and, and maybe, or maybe they just need someone to explain something to them in a way that doesn't seem like it's so adversarial, you know, like, right. like it's just like, here's at least the backstory of why this is happening or where it's coming from. Or uh, another thing that we really pride ourselves on in 311 is like, we will answer the phone and we will call you back. Like we will follow up with this. Um, all of the agents that were, that work with me are trained to, to definitely like, like every single call is your responsibility and, and following up with that and following through with that, finding the correct answer, following back up with the department as well as with the resident is all that person's responsibility. Um, and really the most, the majority of my time is spent just monitoring that and making sure that, you know, nothing falls through the cracks or anything like that. And, um, and so far, it's it's it, it's been really, really cool to see. I feel like there's always going to be a learning curve, no matter like any new project like this, because because this is kind of new, at least to Lansing. Uh, and this has been done in other cities. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. So our model is is after uh, Grand, the city of Grand Rapids and the city of Kalamazoo. And I believe Battle Creek just recently started it as well. OK. Um, really, uh, Grand Rapids has been who we've worked with uh, the closest. Um, they're, they're going on. They're about 10th year now mm-hmm. of having it. And they're at the point now where... Um, 
311 is uh, is so much of a partner that like they're who the departments look to when they w- have a new initiative, when okay. they when they want to get the word out, when they want to, you know, whatever it is going to be, when they want to connect with residents, the one of the first stops they go to is make sure to let the folks in 311 know. Okay. Um, and so, so yeah. That's so awesome. It's, yeah, it's modeled after those. So they're definitely taking you seriously. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we got, <laughs> that's good to know. Yeah, we got good the buy-in of some good, you know, some folks. And, and I think that that's, that's really important. Circling back to where I was going before, I feel like there's always a learning curve. Do you feel like uh, that you are making progress in that area and your, your, your staff is? You, like a lot of those questions you originally had yourself where you're like, no, I got this done. Got this. This is what we're going to do here. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So on, on quite a few fronts, actually, with regard to like making progress with that, um, from from the city side, um, I really believe that we're making a lot of progress with like sort of like one hand helps the other kind of thing um, and and really partnering with departments intentionally to like make sure that, you know, we're able to, to work seamlessly with them, um, but also just on the side of like I really enjoy that as we're implementing this, mm-hmm. when something works, we can we can make the decision to continue it. Or when it doesn't, we can make the decision to be like, oh, no, let's let's review. Let's change something here. Um, and, you know, continuous improvement is is something that I'm, you know, really, really a, a, an advocate for. And, you know, the idea of like if something isn't working correctly, then let's you know, let's move on or let's expand on it, but let's not continue to do the same thing when we know that it's not working or that it might not mm-hmm. be the best way that we could do it. Um, so, so yeah. So for me, like those connections, those ways of like doing things, some of the departments that we, you know, that we first started with, like it's, it's very much a really good seamless transition. I mean, there are times where we can get the word out about something in literally a minute where before it may have taken a little bit longer for somebody, you know, a perfect example is that is one day the, the, or the turn light at a Jolly and Cedar, which is obviously a huge, 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 yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in a lot of traffic. Yeah. And before the police knew about it, before any of that stuff, we were able to get the word out, get the right people on it and get it called. Oh, that's awesome. So quickly. Um, so that, that's something that has, you know, and that's due to like, a really great partnership with their department and making sure that, you know, we we have a means to communicate with them on emergencies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like kind of a communication backwards where like now they have told us, okay, somebody's on it. So the other 15, 20, 30 people that called to tell us the same thing, we're like, yep, it's already been, you know, taken care of. We got people on the way. Um, and so it really, it really does affect some, you know, positive change, especially when it's something that affects people's safety and, you know, their ability to go on about their day. So I've heard you mention your coworkers a couple of times here and there, and I, I can only imagine that they are essential to what you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I've said, I said it in, in, you know, when, when we're initially training and I've said it even before we, we did the hiring for them is um, it does take a, a, a certain kind of mindset to be able mm-hmm. to sort of turn on a dime and, and, you know, for one phone call, you have one hat on for another phone call, you have to take that hat off and put another one on. And, you know, one might require a certain kind of training that you had. And then another phone call, you're doing a completely different thing. Um, and so, yeah, so that their, their ability to, to be flexible, to continue to have the level of customer service that they do while they're being flexible. And, mm-hmm. you know, even just the ability to like, listen while you're like, you know, typing and, taking notes and making sure that you're understanding what people are talking about. Um, 
that one of the things that I find so interesting is people have so many different words for things, you know, like what's that thing in the street called? I don't know, but it's leaking, you know, like, <laughs> and so we have to like, you know, I, I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah. yeah and me too. Sometimes too. And, and so we have to, you know, really try to figure out like what it is we're talking about, you know, and, and make sure that we're, we're getting the information, helping them understand that, you know, set the expectation that they know we're on it, we're going to get somebody out there, um, and then communicating that to the respective people in the department or the people who are going to do the work. Also, um, another really great thing that I love about the folks that I work with is they're, I have six people that work for me, and they're all like like investigators. Um, mm-hmm. If you hand us a process or a procedure, mm-hmm. um, we're going to go through it. And if there's anything that doesn't connect or doesn't make sense, like we eat, sleep and breathe it. And so like, it's like, well, wait a minute, you said this here, but how do we do that here? And how does that get back circle to where we need to be? Um, and so I'm really thankful that I have a really, a really good team um, of folks who help in that regard and, and help. so it's not just me saying like, you know, these processes have to make sense, not just to us, but to the people that we're giving the information to as well. Mm. And then also to fulfill the need of whatever the departments are looking for. You know, there's going to be certain things that we have to collect for them or we have to get them um, in order to do the work or in order to, you know, affect change in whatever it is they're doing. And so um, it, it, it does tend to be a lot of, of things. Um, when someone comes on board, I'm very much uh, try to stay cognizant of the idea that they are wrapping their hands around not just like pieces of one department, but pieces of several. Right. Um, and at this point, we are we are not completely partnered with every single department. We are working to bring those on as we go. We're saving some of the emergency stuff for last. We haven't partnered with police or fire or the Lansing City Attorney of the Law area yet or any of the like human resource community service area. Um, those are the kind of ones that we're saving for for later. But uh, but some of the is other there stuff. a reason for that? A goal objective? Um, you know, some of the stuff really has been because like of the legal ramifications. Okay. Like there's some stuff that's like that makes sense. You have to be you know a certain level to, sure. to know that. Um, and then also. We don't even want to brush up against what like nine one one does or blur that line. <laughs> I can understand that. So we're very much we, we want to stay cognizant of that and really give the agents and the office an ability to to really sort of get run run in and become a, a, a really good machine. Not only take the, the the information that we have from the departments and kind of comb through that stuff, but do some, you know, positive improvement on that. So once all that's done, then the stuff that can be a little bit more temperamental when we get it, we can take our time with it. Right. And obviously in your situation, uh, your connection to emergency services would be non-emergency related. Correct. And so you're probably trying to figure out what those areas would be and how you could be helpful. Absolutely. That's very good. I, I think it's awesome that the city put this together because... It is a very obvious and easy way to remember, hey, I need to get some information. 311 is the number to call. There's had to be some tough parts to this because you're going to have to hear complaints. I know that. Absolutely. But there's got to be some really rewarding parts to this job as well. What's what's what have you found the most rewarding about doing this so far? So for me, it's the motto of like changing lives. Um, just real briefly. I mean, so one of my one of my huge success stories um, was attending a meeting that it was, it was just a community, a community meeting about um, the consumer financial protection initiative. And um, I, I sit on that committee and, and while we were at that meeting, we heard a lady speak and this, this meeting was only uh, say about five months ago, four months ago, something like that. She had mentioned that she had had some work done 
and her sewer line had been uh, broken. Second. Yeah, Second. in some way it was broken. It wasn't working. And she had had a neighbor come over and help her try to fix it and get it going, and they couldn't get it going. They couldn't figure out what to do. And so she ordered a external porter potty like that she was using, and then she was like, they were having to take care of like, like tub water and things like that, like pump it out of her house. I mean, and then I was like, so at the end of this meeting, I pulled, you know, her aside along with, uh, with Luciana from the city. And we're like, we got to help this lady because this isn't right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm like, how long has this been going on? You know? And she's like, well, it happened a little bit before Thanksgiving. And I'm like, wow, what (laughs) What do you mean? Like, I don't like, have you called the city? Have you? And she's like, well, no, I didn't call. I didn't know who to call. So I didn't call anybody. And I'm like, oh. no, no, like, no. And so I took her information um, the, the very next day, did a calling all cars of all of my contacts, um, worked with the public service department, worked with a couple of different areas and literally in 24 hours contacted her back. And, it, and she's like, yes, it's working. It's flowing. And there was no like cost to her. There was no, you know, all it was, was just connecting with the correct place. Mm. And, you know, I mean, I, I just couldn't even imagine. And, you know, and to, to talk to her and, you know, have her know that like things are working. And I'm like, anytime you need to call 311 for anything, like if you need to, you know, report any of this stuff, even if you don't think it's us, like right. just call and just we'll, call, we'll just f- get the info. Yeah. We'll, we'll, fi- we'll help you find it. We'll figure it out. Like if, if it's not us, we'll figure out who it is. We're going to, you know, take that time. Which is exactly the point of bringing you in here to let people know about this, to let the, them know, first of all, that the 311 exists and that. If you don't have the answers, at least give them a call and hopefully you guys can help find those. Exactly. So uh, we're getting low on time here, but I wanted to ask you real quick, anything new, exciting, something coming up? Yeah. I mean, so with regard to, you know, the city and 311, every day is definitely a new day. Like we, no, no two days are the exact same. Um, Our, our biggest thing right now though, that we have coming up is um, we have partnered with the clerk's office and obviously the election's coming up. And so we're Mm -hmm. looking for a huge um, influx of phone calls, mostly because of the redistricting that happened with census and all that yeah, jazz. Yeah. So lots of people need to call in and figure out where they're supposed to vote. Yeah. Um, many of them have changed. And so um, I probably would have missed it if I didn't have to notice. <laughs> I, I yep. just, I noticed and went, Oh yeah, that's a completely different place. Okay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, so, and we're able to help, you know, people look that up like right there on the phone, like mm-hmm. oh, yep, it was mm-hmm. here. Now it's here. So that's a big, a that's big huge, one that's happening. Yeah. And then the next one for us is um, we are actually bringing assessor's office on board in the next, should be within the next few weeks as well. Um, we, uh, we've done all the training with them and now it's time for for them to come on board and uh so that's really exciting for the 311 area um and whenever we bring a new department on board there's there's obviously like the hold your breath real quick just to make sure that all the lines are, are running correctly but then when the calls start coming in um you really start to see that training go into action and you really start to see like oh wow like this does work. And, and, and then for me, it's like, okay, where do we need to like, wh- where are the, the weak spots or where are the, right. the holes in the dam, the things that maybe we didn't think about. Inevitably there's going to be, I believe some. they call that management. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I knew there was a word for it, <laughs> but yeah, so, so we're looking, we're looking forward to that. Um, obviously the, the election is going to be a big one. We we're going to be, we're going to be open the whole time mm-hmm. as well, along with, so we'll be all the way till eight o'clock um, to help them out with their, with the phone stuff. And then um, really just helping people understand like, you know, where they can go vote, where drop boxes are absentee voting all of that jazz um is going to be it already has we are already has affected our phone numbers but as we get closer to to november we're, we're definitely going to see 
uh, an increase. Very good. Augie, I think it's awesome that uh, you are a part of it. Uh, if anybody wants to look it up on the web or not, you can always do that by uh, just searching Lansing 311. Although you could probably just call 311 and they can give you the information on that too as well, right? Absolutely. <laughs> We're there. We're going to answer. It's Augie Martinez. Uh, and he, of course, is the uh, manager of the 311 Call Center here in Lansing, Michigan. Thanks for coming in, man. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. I got one final question for you, and it is the question I ask of all my Shining Star guests. If you had the ability to snap your fingers and put one thought into the collective consciousness of the entire human race at the same time, what would that thought be? Interesting. Um, I would say, don't forget we're all in this together. All in this together? That's it. I think so. I. And you can call 311 to find and, out. And, yeah, and yeah. we're right there with you. <laughs> Elaborate on that just a touch. I mean, I just, you know, I feel like, um, I feel like with, in my life at least, I've seen a lot of like, you know, separation, not, you know, amongst communities, amongst, you know, cities, among so many things. And I think that I, I really feel like we have to recognize that that we we all need to rely on each other at some point or another and and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that that is true um and and i think that that there's always a better way to do things and and there's a way to be inclusive and you know have empathy and have a sense of like you know helping your neighbor and not not necessarily because you get anything out of it but just because it's the right thing to do so that's an awesome answer go ahead and snap your fingers and make that happen remember we can all contribute something good to this world. No matter how big or how small, a simple smile or a friendly gesture is all it takes to expand positivity one inch further. Thanks so much for listening to Shining Stars and, of course, sharing your time with me today. I'm Dedalian, and you can listen to this episode of Shining Stars On Demand along with other LCC Connect programs at lccconnect.org. This is LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Michigan residents age 25 or older may qualify for Michigan Reconnect, a program providing free or reduced tuition to students who have not earned a prior college degree. Reconnect students are responsible for books and fees. Visit lcc.edu reconnect for more information. As I went through school, one giant question loomed over me. What did I want to be? But in order to know what I wanted to be, I had to first decide what I wanted to make. I wanted to make more. So I became a teacher. Now I make learning a privilege, not a chore. And frustration, a tool, not an obstacle. I make working hard seem easy and giving up impossible. I make an old subject feel like a fresh thought and unconventional methods common. I make material things less important, and little things like patience and kindness count. I make weekdays more exciting than weekends, and classrooms feel like anything but. I make things different, which is all I ever hoped for. I'm a teacher. I make more. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. Lansing Community College students 
now have the option to go beyond an associate degree through LCC's University Center. The University Center is a partnership between LCC and five four-year universities. Located on LCC's downtown campus, these universities offer junior and senior level courses, leading to more than 30 bachelor's degrees, several post-baccalaureate certificates, and options to obtain a master's degree. Current and former LCC students can take advantage of the convenient location at the corner of Capitol Avenue and Shiawassee Street on LCC's downtown campus. Find out more about the University Center, visit lcc.edu. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Hey, hey, hey. This is Lisa A., and you're listening to Who's That Star on LCC Connect at Lansing Community College. Who's That Star is a behind-the-scenes show where I sit down and talk with the employees at the college. This is an inside look at LCC where you will have a chance to learn about their passions, projects, what inspires them both at work and in their personal lives. I'm your host, Lisa Alexander. I'm so excited to get a chance to talk to all the people who make LCC great. This show is for you to get to know the people that work at Lansing Community College a little bit more and see what makes them tick. Are you ready? Okay, let's go see who's today's star. I'm so excited to have today's guest on Who's That Star. He is pretty new star here at LCC. He began working with us in 2021. In his first year, he has led LCC's baseball team to the College World Series since 2017. Our baseball team finished fifth overall nationally and had a 44-11 record. This star has coached at many different levels of baseball, including as a high school coach at North Muskegon and Spring Lake High Schools. He coached at college level with the West Michigan Whitecaps in Northwoods League, the Muskegon Clippers in the Great Kales League, and worked as the lead development instructor at Extra Innings in Muskegon. Nicole Waters, acting athletic director at the time of his hire, stated he is sincerely interested in helping players be successful and experience personal growth and success in whatever way is defined for that individual, on the field and off. Before baseball, he was an entrepreneur who owned an assortment of small businesses in West Michigan area for over 15 years. He currently resides in Mason with his wife and four children. All right, everybody. Are you ready to learn who's today's star? Today's star is Stephen Cutter. Welcome, Steve. We are so glad to have you here on Who's That Star today. Thank you, Lisa. I'm super excited to be here. So I'm ready to just jump in. So I'm going to ask you some questions and we can... Go where we go. Sounds great. All right. So can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what is important to you in your life right now? I think just helping people develop into versions of themselves that maybe sometimes they're not even aware of what their potentials are. Uh, that's really a driver for me in my life and in in how I help serve our student athletes here. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a big driver. I think too, too often, uh, we start out with common might be, and we get uh, used to it. And, 
Uh, I'm a big proponent in pushing people to do a little bit extra, do a little bit more, uh, find find things that they're uh, really good at. Okay, so I, I bet with athletes, well, young athletes as well, you have students that come in and they are developing their personal self, right? And so you get to play a part in that. And so I think that's not that I don't think baseball is great, but I think that the investment that you put in our students is greater. And then you can see that result later on. So kudos to you. When did you begin working at LCC? I started in August of last year. So I was hired by acting uh, interim athletic director, Nicole Waters. And I started and we hit the ground running. Uh, baseball and softball are really the only two sports here that go almost year round. Mm -hmm. uh, both baseball, baseball and softball have fall seasons that start in August and they end around Christmas time. And then they have their spring seasons that start just after Christmas and end uh, hopefully in June. So I didn't realize that there was a fall season. So is the fall season just like, is it, does it count towards the? It, it matters, but it doesn't, your record doesn't necessarily exist got so. you so it's just kind of helping you get ready and yeah. prepare okay well what drew you to want to coach at lcc i knew many years ago that i wanted to coach baseball at, on a full-time basis mm -hmm. and so i i began working towards that and as i began working towards that i was given a lot of really special opportunities and some of those opportunities you find out are not necessarily the right fit for what, what your passions and what your dreams are. Mm -hmm. uh, it was important for me to, when I transitioned to the college level, that I went to a place that we had a supportive athletic department, that we had a supportive college, and that we had expectations of, of success. Mm -hmm. and, and not only on the field, off the field, in the classroom, in the community and and everything right and uh, Lansing really fit that bill. So when I first toured here and walked around campus, I, I could tell it was it was uncommon. It was it was special, and um, it, you know it's it's just uh, it's it's everything about Lansing. Being in the capital city, being a block away from the capital, having so many different opportunities here it's just uh it's a special place mm, well we're glad to have you i'm a lansing local as they say so it's always interesting to see what people you know view of lansing from other people so i am glad you're here because you were were you you were by a lot of water like west michigan right a lot of water yeah, toes in the sand a lot of water yep, yeah for sure uh, i grew up in west michigan it's a beautiful place to grow up you don't probably realize it but it's uh, it's a tourist uh, you know area, and a lot of people that's a destination for them to come to. You don't really realize that growing up what that's like. But when you're taken away from it, you do realize how much, how special it was. And we understood that when we lived there. We we lived fairly close to to the beach, and mm. and uh, it's it's a special area for sure. Yeah, you would have had a lot of visits from me if I'd have known you because been quick access to the beach and right. Michigan Adventure too is up yes. there. So yes, all right. So what 
I knew I read in the um, bio that you were an entrepreneur, right? Yes. At some point, how did you get started in in the, wanting to coach baseball? Like, what? How did that transition go from owning several businesses to then deciding that you wanted to coach? Uh, I mean, baseball full time. Extremely interesting, really. Uh, as as I was working through the entrepreneurship of owning businesses, I found a lot of joy in that. I found a lot of freedom in that. But as I did it a little bit longer, I wasn't able to connect with people as much as what I thought. I wasn't able to find a true, really good passion for serving people by providing them with services, if that makes sense. Yeah. I started coaching Little League baseball. I was coaching um, youth football. I was coaching youth basketball. I was, it wasn't just baseball, but I, when I was coaching Little League baseball, I, something just kind of clicked. Mm -hmm. And I get to a point where I got nominated to coach a maybe nine U all-star team. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, nothing big by any stretch, but to me, it was, it was, that, that, that was cool. And I was spending so much time working on practice plans and trying to figure out how I could best serve those little kids. Mm -hmm. And, and that's when I kind of realized that maybe, maybe I need to make a transition. That transition didn't happen overnight. It took a while. Yeah. It, it, I had to get our family on board yeah. for sure. Starting with my wife and, and then of course children and stuff. And it was it was a tough transition because when when you're a business owner, you have a lot of freedoms, meaning that if our children had a had a school play at, at 1230 on a Wednesday, I could pretty much always be there. Mm -hmm. And the transition into coaching, especially where we're at now, uh, you you miss a lot of a lot of things. There's there's a lot of stuff that you just don't get. Yeah. So that that's I got started at the little league level and and just kind of started building up from there. And I said that I wanted to work, uh, get get a full time job in baseball, and serving others through the the game of baseball. And and so here we are. Yeah, that's a great story. I mean, because yeah, you're right. I know uh, that had to be a transition from. A lot of different areas, but it sounds like it went well for you because you're here. But I was curious. So do you go to school to be a coach? How, do, how does that happen? Is it just blood, sweat and tears where you just go through and experience and learn from someone else? How does that work? It depends on what, what type of coach you want to be, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to be an average coach? Do you want to be a great coach? I knew that if I was going to do this. I was going to do it at 100%. And so I had to start learning from the successful coaches out there. Gotcha. Uh, it wasn't just baseball. It was just, you know, are, are you a successful coach? And what are you doing? Because success always leaves clues. Right. And so does the lack of success. But that being said, so I, I, you have to have degrees to coach at the college level. So that's, that's pretty important. So you do need the education piece. But it's it's more of a process of trying to learn as much as you can mm -hmm. and then continue in that process of never stop learning. Because mm. once you think you know everything, you're you're pretty much gonna start going backwards. Right. Okay. And so and so that's kinda it's kinda where that started. Oh, that's interesting because I never knew how 
you know, people got to coaching. Like, what was that? Like, is that, do they have a bachelor's degree in coaching? No. You know, and, and what does that look like? Or do, do you do it through blood, sweat, and tears? And it sounds yeah. like you kind of figure out what you want to do and go for it. So what's the day in the life of a college baseball coach? I'm not sure that uh, time really exists. Uh, everybody gives gets 24 hours in a day, and uh-huh. everybody uses that time differently. It starts with early mornings. I'm working on something usually at all times. Mm-hmm. I'm also helping our children get ready for school and get to school. Right. And then I'm I'm in our athletic department very early in the morning, and I'm there until at least lunchtime. At that point, I transition to our facility or our home field. I'm usually mowing, edging. Really? Doing, doing, I, I maintain the whole field, yep. And then um, we start practice at 1 o'clock, and we go until about 4, 4.30. Wow. And then we usually have uh, things like uh, weight training or leadership classes or different things that we do. So... I get home. I I try to be a hundred percent present when I'm at home as much as possible. Mm. I remove, try to remove the phone as much as I can, and we try to have dinner as as often as possible. That's that's challenging today. Um, our children have busy schedules like everybody else do. Right. You know, they're playing sports and different things. But I try to be as present as I can, and and then once everybody goes to sleep, that's. It's typically when I, I try to do a lot of the work, and that's that's what I've done for uh, a number of years in the baseball world. Of just That's where I'm able to learn as much as I possibly can. I try to figure out ways to separ- separate myself as a coach because anytime you're coaching, you try to – how do you – how can you connect with people? What, what makes you different? Mm-hmm. I got into the mental performance, psychology, and, and and those areas, and because in the game of baseball and in athletics, it was not heavily understood or used or mm-hmm. even known. So that's kind of where I made my niche, and then through that, it it worked into relationships and the the building, the trust building, and cultures. Right. And that's where we've had a lot of success. Oh, that's interesting. That sounds like uh, your day doesn't stop up until about, what, eight? Or, I mean, it's just constant going and going. So that's what I always wondered about uh, coaching. It seems like it's just never ending and that you always are doing something to help the team. And But I love to hear that you try to get a good work-life balance as much as possible. Sure to do that so what are you most proud of in the last year i think the the there's really two things uh one was seeing the group of 28 players last year go to the college world series Mm -hmm. that was something that was extremely special for them yeah and for the college and it had more to do with wins and losses or what happened on the field it it was just really special so i was really really i'm really proud of that the second thing is when we moved from west michigan to the lansing area uh, our oldest daughter was a freshman in high school and we moved in the middle of the year Mm -hmm. 
um, we moved in November. So it was before, it was after the school season had started. It was before Christmas break. We moved at a weird time. Mm -hmm. But in the housing market, that's sometimes how that happens. Right. And so that their transition between elementary, middle school, and high school into a new school system with, mm. without knowing anybody was extremely challenging for them, as you would expect for anybody. So I think I'm most proud of that, that my wife and I were able to help them transition in really tough situations, and, and now they have lots of friends as you would expect yeah, and, and, they're, and, and they're they're fine but change is hard for people it's oh. it's so hard for uh whether you're 95 years old or you're five years old it's so hard to make changes and so they i'm most proud of them for being able to you know get through a little a little bit of adversity and and come out on the other side where, where it's you know they're fine that's great because that's more than a notion, traveling as uh, tweens and teenagers and all that that has to go into that. So, yeah, I commend them. Kudos to you guys for doing that. So, and for you all to help them work through it. Uh, what motivates you to work hard? Fear of failure mm. is a is a big motivator, and I I. I think about things as in I really try to seek perspective. And so I think about like this could all be taken away mm -hmm. because everything we have is can be removed in an instant. Right. And so that's a big driver for me. Um, not just the idea of that today is, is all we have. We're not guaranteed tomorrow and whatever titles or whatever jobs we have could be removed uh, immediately and somebody else could do the same thing you're doing. So that's that's what drives me. Um, I'm I'm definitely scared of of failing mm. and uh, not making those that I love proud. OK, hey, that's the best motivator, isn't it? Keeps you going. And in what ways do you achieve that work life balance? Because like the schedule that you told me, you are very present with your players in the program here. How do you get to be present with your family and, and, and make that balance work? What do, what do you do to, to do that for yourself and your family? It's really a, a great question, and I, I wish that I could have better answers. I know my feelings of if you want to be great at something, you're you're going to struggle with balance. It's it's going to be tough because you if you're giving a hundred percent at whatever that is that mm -hmm. you do, it's it's hard to have balance. Uh, thankfully, I have a great home life and a wife that is extremely supportive, mm -hmm. so she helps remind me of of that balance. We're always connected as coaches. Just last night, my you know my phone's going off at at midnight with you know, a player reaching out with an update on something that was important to him at that time. Mm -hmm. we're, that's normal. We're, we're connected with the student athletes at all times. They have so many different needs than one might assume that they have. Sometimes we, we have kids that get homesick. We have kids that are 
uh, emotionally sad because of, you know, something that's happened uh, in relationships. We, we have so many different things that are going on mm-hmm. that um, it's it's hard to be present. It really is. So I try to I try to be where my feet are. I try to wherever I'm at, I just try to black out everything else and try to be have my head, my heart, my feet all in the same spot. That's that's the only way that I can find balance because I really don't know what balance is. Mm. I, I'm terrible at balance. And it seemed coaching would make that difficult to be, it you know, does. balance would be difficult and hard because of just so much time you get. But I love hearing that your wife, you know, is a good supporter and there and someone to help you, you know, bring it back in, buddy. <laughs> so, that's a good thing. Um, if all your needs were met, time and money not a factor, what would you spend your time doing? Exactly what I'm doing right now. I knew you was going to say that. I was like, he's already doing what he loves. He's had an opportunity to own a business and do that. And then I think that's like the great thing to be able to live your passion. You know what I mean? Like you're lucky because you love what you're doing. You got right. the option to do that. So. I think that's pretty cool. Um, what life lessons have you had to learn the hard way? I think the one that really comes up is when I started out in the business world, I was extremely driven, but did not have great trust in others. Hmm. And I tried to do everything on my own. Mm. I tried to, you know, be the CEO, the 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 worker, the the cleaner. That you right. know, I, I, I tried to do everything, and that led me down a a road where I ended up in the hospital with a lot of stress induced mm. issues. Yeah. And so I I had to I had to, <laughs> had to learn the hard way through that, and that was a process. But what happened through that process was I learned how to build strong teams around myself. Okay. And we, we definitely, we have a, you know, today's coaching staff is that, is that way too. They have titles, but they also have jobs and we just uh, let them do their job, uh, count on them to do their job. Right. And there's not a, a whole lot of micromanaging or anything else. I, and so th- that was a really good lesson to learn. I think you, if you're going to go anywhere in life, you're going to realize that you didn't do it on your own. You had a lot of help and it's important to never forget that. Yeah, for sure. Right. I, you don't make it on your own. In my opinion, I agree with you. There's a whole bunch of people lifting yeah. you up and supporting you. Okay. I got Two more questions, and we're almost done out of time, but what really lights you up and makes you excited in your life? My children, for sure, and seeing people succeed and have success. That's, we we have a, we talk about vicarious joy for others. Mm -hmm. We try to teach our student athletes that. That's where you... Uh, have a true passion for others succeeding. Sometimes today in our society, that's not always there. 
um, sometimes we have uh, a lot of jealousy and and things like that. So we, we try to promote that. We talk a lot about um, if you get a team pitcher, what does what does normal people typically do? They're going to look at themselves in the team pitcher first, and then look at the rest of their teammates. We we try to build a culture where they're looking at everybody else mm-hmm. and looking at themselves last. And when we can teach that, we, we did really well last year. When we can teach that and see it come to fruition, that is uh, absolutely what uh, fires me up. Well, I definitely um, I have an opportunity to advise some of your students on the baseball team. And I was talking junk to them and I was asking them, are you guys really that good? You know, what y'all going to do? And they were like, yeah, we're that good. We're th-. You know, so I could see where they had that that kinship together they supported one another they would come down to advising together in groups and you could see them where they were trying to get stuff done so i think that you came to lcc and built a great culture so far so we're so glad to have you um i let you say what 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 would you like to leave our audience with for your last thing on who's that star i think uh because we're always recruiting student athletes to come to lcc one of the things that i've learned in the last year is so few actually know about all the special things that are here and it's not only things it's people Mm -hmm. the college is full of so many great assets whether it's people um, buildings and so many special things that are here and so the more we can spread that knowledge, the more you'll see our campuses, both campuses continue to grow. And, and that's something that's important to athletics, to, to everybody, because through that, that serves more and more people. Right. Well, thank you, Steve, for coming on Who's That Star today. I appreciate learning about the baseball team and also learning a little bit about yourself. And I will see the audience next time on Who's That Star. You've been listening to Who's That Star. I'm Lisa A., and you can listen to this episode of Who's That Star and other shows from LCC Connect anytime online at lccconnect.org. Thank you for listening. Catch me next time to find out Who's That Star. Connected with LCC Connect at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. If you're considering returning to school, exploring career options, or needing support in life transitions, Lansing Community College has the Adult Resource Center available to qualified students. The Adult Resource Center staff provides one-on-one appointments, registration assistance, referrals to community and campus resources, tuition and childcare grants, academic advising, and other helpful tools to help with your educational career. To find out more information, visit lcc.edu and search Adult Resource Center. The NLS Braille and Talking Book Program gives patrons the freedom to read their way, listen to their stories. 
when I lost my sight, the only thing I had was reading, and it was like therapy to me. NLS has uh, pretty much anything you'd possibly want to read. Just can't recommend it enough. It's a free service. It's amazing how much you can get. I have used every means there is, I think, of getting access to the National Library Service books. If you want to read in electronic braille, you can. If you want to read on your phone, you can. If you want to read in print, you can. Everybody can read the way they want to read using this program, and it's a program worth looking into. For more information about the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped Library of Congress, visit loc.gov slash thatallmayread or call 1-888-NLS-READ. The Lansing Community College Foundation provides scholarships that make education possible, change students' lives, and uplift our community. Students may apply for scholarships November 1st through January 31st. Learn more at lcc.edu scholarships. This is WLNZ Lansing. You're listening to LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. To find out more about LCC Connect programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Vision.